This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. You don't have to really care about college basketball to get into a bracket because people are naturally inclined to compare things. You know, it's like it's the, the monkey in us. We have two hands and we hold a rock in one hand and a rock in the other hand. And we figure out which one's going to smash open this snail shell better. I'm Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. This is The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. We're coming to you presently from our respective remote recording setups. We're still obviously very dedicated to covering the culture of eating and drinking in Madison, but given the circumstances, we've had to make some adjustments to our, let's just say, angle of approach. This week, we're interviewing Kyle Nabilsi, a good friend of ours who's been a longtime freelancer covering food and beer for the recently darkened Isthmus. Kyle decided to apply a March Madness-style bracketology to his personal beer cellar in what he's calling the Cellar 16. So we thought we'd check in and see what that was all about and how he's been holding up. Remember, cough directly into your elbow and give a listen. Thank you so much for coming and joining us uh, virtually, Kyle. Absolutely. Happy to be not there. <laughs> you <laughs> so, make it sound so bad. <laughs> can you tell us where you're recording from? My basement, also known as the Strategic Reserve. Ooh, the Str- Strategic Reserve. What is in the Strategic Reserve? Way more beer than one or even two people should probably have in their house at any given time. <laughs> How long have you been building the cellar? Well, uh, I guess since we moved here, so that's a little over a decade ago now. So shortly after we we bought the house is probably when I started filling the basement with beer. Do you have a count of how many beers are in it? Do you have an, a uh, sense, an idea? If I remember correctly, I think you have an app or like some kind of spreadsheet system that you keep track of everything with. It's been a little dicey because my favorite one... Um, brew vault shut down and that was all like hosted on someone else's server as opposed to just being a website that you update so when the developers decided to give up on it they just like basically turned off the lights and walked away and the app stopped working so my my inventory process and i say this with the most possible shame intended is very hamstrung right now But it's a lot. Suffice to say, it's a lot, and it's a <laughs> it's a, a, a an organizational point of contention in our basement right now. I'll say that. I mean, you have to have a way of knowing what's ready to drink, right? Well, that's the thing. That's so there. It's a real like push pull on cellaring beer in terms of whether you should or shouldn't, whether any beer is meant to be cellared. It's different from wine in that some wine will come out, and the 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 winemaker will be like. Don't just do not drink this right now. (laughs) Yes. And I don't know exactly how that works, because in the beer world, if a brewer were to say that they would get raked over the coals. Well, I think with the with the beer community, there's a little bit more of like an anti snobbish, you know, kind of like blowback. I mean, we can talk about that if you want. (laughs) (laughs) 
So one of the, in, at least in, in the state of Wisconsin anyway, one of the, the more hyped up, you know, cellar dwellers of the last few years is the very sour blackberry from New Glarus. And when that came out, which, and it was only a, you know, an at the brewery release and Dan Carey from New Glarus always comes out and gives, you know, a little, Hey, how's it going to the crowd? And we'll give a little introduction on the beer. And they actually rushed that beer to the bottle or I guess to retail because they had it in bottles already, but it hadn't conditioned to the point where he was like, yep, go ahead and crack this open right now. And he actually told everybody in attendance in the, you know, New Glarus parking lot that they should wait probably three to six months before they opened it. How did it go? I mean, it was great. And that's not something that I pay a whole lot of attention to, but it's worth noting that a beer that did do what I just said a brewer could never do with a beer. (laughs) not only was received very well, but is, you know, going for hundreds of dollars on the secondary market and is, you know, as big a whale as Wisconsin has produced in, you know, a decade. Did, have you had that one? Was it good? I have, and it is. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I, I do sense that there is a hole in a lot of people's lives right now because of the absence of sports. And I know that like the gamesmanship of the bracket is, a big part of the appeal of that NCAA tournament that happens during March of most years that are not this one. Right. I wonder, like, when you were thinking about kind of putting this together, you're, you're doing this sort of seller bracket, the seller 16, were you thinking about trying to sort of address that hole in your own life? Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. You know, I, I've, I've jokingly created a bracket in the past, not for actual, you know, playing out purposes, but just because it's fun to do that sometimes with Oreo versions. You know, and, and I had a full 64 Oreo field of weird Oreo versions. 64? Yeah, and there were some that got left off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Chase uh, Oreo flavors is, it's a whole thing. <laughs> that bracket, uh, I realized that I'd forgotten hot cocoa Oreos, and I was very upset with myself for that. Yeah. Which are different from, like, a chocolate Oreo. How? I, anyway, uh, sorry, I don't want to <laughs> tangent too much. <laughs> Next appearance, Lindsay, next appearance. I'll talk all about yes. it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, I, I do I do enjoy the, the NCAA tournament vibe. Oh, all I need is a thin excuse to craft some kind of themed uh, organization models. And, and I'm off to the race. So if somebody wanted to do this at their own house with their own cellar, whether it's, you know, beer or cider or in my case, wine, right? How... <laughs> How would you suggest they put it together? How did you put it together? Well, I mean, the, the, the sort of the core approach to crafting a bracket, whether it's basketball teams or anything else, is having clear divisions of, of something, whether it's style or geography or whatever, to create the regions of your, of your bracket. You know, if you, if you only have four teams per region, you have opportunities to do, you know, Midwest versus East Coast versus West Coast versus the rest of the country or, you know, in my case, you know, I, I picked dark beers that weren't barrel aged versus dark beers that were barrel aged or sour or wild beers versus sour or wild beers that had fruit in them. That's the bottom line of any bracket is being able to um, find a rationale to pit certain things versus other certain things that isn't just taking a bunch of, you know, metaphorical bottles of beer and dumping them out onto the floor of your living room and finding a way <laughs> to, to make it all sort of clash. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when when people put together brackets, I know, obviously, the NCAA, you've got, you know, seeds, you've got one seeds and four seeds and, you know, whatever, all the way down. Oh, yeah. I guess, you know, 
first question would be, did you have like a seating system that you used to organize things? And then also the follow-up would be, were there any upsets in this first, you know, Sweet 16? Uh, yes. Yes and yes. So I I am I am the selection committee in this case. So <laughs> selection, seating, and, and uh, you know, the com- competitive aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, I did. I did come up with with four regions of the of the bracket and four teams per region makes 16. And then within those regions, I ranked them one through four and tried to sort of weigh uh, general desirability or reputation of the beers, you know, how well known they are, how hyped they might be. And then trying to balance that with maybe availability or, you know, just sort of if people were going to look at a grouping of four beers, they might be like, this is the one I want to drink first. This is the one I want to drink second. This is the one I want to drink last. You know, that kind of organizational aspect. In terms of how it played out, and when I say played out, I mean how they tasted to me. <laughs> but yeah, there were some upsets. Um, some were minor. You know, a three over a two happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But there was one number one seed in a region that did go down to a number four seed. Because that's how you do it. You start at the, the extremes of the ranking and work your way into the middle. So one goes against bottom, two goes against second from the bottom, etc. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it was just the four per region. So one went up against four and two went up against three. And there was one region, the fruited sour region, where the four beat the one. And it, the, num- the number one seed was a beer from uh, the brewery, B-R-U-E-R-Y, uh, out, <laughs> out in uh, California. And they do a ton of fruited sour beers. I mean, they also do some really big stouts as well, but they make a lot of fruited sour beer. And I had a bottle of the Oud Tart, which is a beer that they release pretty regularly. But this was one that had boysenberries in it. So it was a a sort of special limited version from 2015. And it went up against this pretty small brewery from Colorado called Adam Brewing, like A-T-O-M. This beer was from 2017, and it was a pretty small batch that was made in celebration of the marriages of a couple different sets of friends of the brewery. (laughs) And that beer just blew me away. It's called Two Unions, and it's a a lightly tart Saison, um, not super aggressively acidic like some other American Saisons can be, but it blew the doors off of that brewery beer because the brewery beer was one note and it was all just like screamingly acidic. And I like sour beers, but it was too much. Uh, whereas the beer was just, it was delicate. It had a little bit of sourness, a little bit of sort of breadiness, a little bit of funkiness and just like everything worked in, I dare I say in marriage with one another. It was just <laughs> a great beer. It was the only beer in the whole region or the whole bracket rather that I gave five star rating to really Um, yeah it was just amazing and it kind of bums me out because i'll never have it again (laughs) this is going to be like a a real cinderella story is what it sounds like for for this yeah if you've ever watched an ncaa tournament there's always a team almost every year that like everyone attaches to because they're a double digit seed and they make it into the second weekend or they make it into the final four or you know they make it into the championship game and it, it Adam Brewing could very well be that for the Seller 16 this year. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. I mean, how many bottles of each of them do you have to have in order to sort of make sure that, that everybody can go all the way? So this is the thing. 
the first round of competition is the only one where I'm actually tasting everything against its its its, its opponent. Ah. Because I don't have multiple bottles of some of these. So like the two unions, I only have one. Uh, most of these really actually now that I'm looking at the bracket right now. I only have one. So basically it it falls to me as the sole arbiter of who advances in the tournament to just take detailed tasting notes. And that was why I decided to do, do it on video because at least then I have the recording and I can kind of go back and see my expressions and listen to what I had to say about it. And where can people find the videos? All eight were on Instagram live, mm-hmm. but what I'm going to probably do is take all eight and string them together or maybe just release them separately on, on YouTube most likely so that if people give a, you know, rats, whatever, they can go and, <laughs> and take a look. Spectator drinking has never been a thing. It's not the most engaging way to consume beer journalism, but sometimes it's fun, you know, so. I'm thinking about this in terms of people being able to do it themselves, right? Because we could like liquor stores and, and whatever have still been deemed an essential service uh, for complicated reasons. But still, like if you wanted to do something like this, like with whatever it is, like even say you've got kiddos and you want to do something with like, <laughs> you know, juice or cupcake types, whatever, you know, you sure. can, you can have a lot of fun making a bracket out of something. This is a way of, of making it kind of like a game, but also finding a way to sort of share that with the world and people who would care about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the, the thing about this season in America is that you don't have to really care about college basketball to get into a bracket because people are naturally inclined to compare things. You know, it's like yes. it's the, the monkey in us. We have two hands and we hold a rock in one hand and a rock in the other hand. And we figure out which <laughs> one's going to mash open this snail shell better. You yeah. know, like that's just how we're designed. And so to, to have this kind of mechanism doesn't really take a stupid amount of, you know, whatever in your base, whether it's beer or, you know, what pencil eraser smells better than another pencil eraser <laughs> you have you have this natural inclination to compare two things with each other and if you have enough two things going on you can do it out to 16 or out to 32 or out to 64 or you know 128 doesn't really matter you can it's a very flexible format that appeals to everybody so, Chris, here in our show notes you've mentioned that uh there are other brackets that are like this um have you guys sort of been following other brackets as well? And how are they different? What makes what makes a good beer bracket? Here in, in Madison, I know uh, Chris Drosner has his annual bracket competition. And his is usually, um, well, I mean, when I say usually, it's always uh, Wisconsin beers uh, pitted against each other on, on some metric or another, broadening it out a little bit. Uh, Josh Noel, who writes about beer and other things for the Chicago Tribune, just released a, a blind tasting bracket of barrel aged stouts of the Chicago area. I know uh, Kat Kinsman, food writer extraordinaire is doing a self care bracket right now, you know, of various ways people comfort themselves. And what's your favorite? The, the like I said, the, the venue is ripe for filling in the blank. That's like the whole point of, it. um, so it really doesn't matter whether it's beer or anything else. Uh, people, people clamor. I was also wondering, you know, just to sort of bring it back to the moment that we're living in, do you know if, like, coronavirus shutdowns and things like that have had an impact on breweries, especially some of the smaller ones that you that you care about? Yeah, well, I know I haven't kept up super closely on, like, the production schedules. I know plenty of breweries are still brewing. 
you know, the bottle releases have tended to be more impacted than anything else um, because breweries don't want to put something hyped up out into the world and make people decide to miss something because they don't want to be part of a big crowd. Yeah. Or, or alternately go be part of a big crowd. Um, so there have been, you know, festivals basically that have been canceled as a result of this. I know Oso Brewing up in, in Plover stopped brewing altogether, at least for a little while. They, you know, they posted something on their social media of uh, filling a bunch of barrels for something barrel aged and saying that basically this is going to be it in terms of beer production for a little while, hmm. you know, to keep their employees safe more than anything else. Yeah. But other brew, like I know Eagle Park just opened up a big new brew house in Muskego um, outside of Milwaukee. And, you know, they're brewing now. They they had a bunch of videos that they released on their Instagram page that, you know, this is not how we anticipated kicking off the brewing schedule in this brewery, but we're going to keep on doing it as long as we can. So it's definitely a, a tightrope walk in terms of whether you want to, you know, have your employees come in and be in, in that kind of proximity and what kind of demand there might still be in the market. But there are definitely breweries that are still, you know, chugging along. So... Kyle, can you just let us know where can people find you if they want to follow along with the with the bracket, if they want to weigh in and give their thoughts and tell you why you're wrong, where should they find you? <laughs> so, I mean, the greatest the greatest place to tell anyone they're wrong is Twitter. <laughs> Kyle Nabilsi on Twitter. Just my name all strung together. No underscores. Uh, you can also find me by the same handle on Untapped, uh, which is the beer rating app slash website that's one that sort of works like facebook where you have to have a mutual relationship but feel free to add me on untapped if you want i'm happy to add anybody back whether they're a friend or a total rando instagram i i am the only kyle nabilsi because some bot squatted my name on instagram so <laughs> oh god that that's the measure of how important you are in the world if someone steals your personal <laughs> social media platform i guess or, you know, my website is where I've been putting this stuff up. Uh, that's ironyormayo.com. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you f for keeping up content and keeping us entertained while we're all stuck alone in our houses. And if there's one thing we need other than an end to all this, it's fresh content. Yeah. 100% <laughs> <laughs> agree. 100% agree. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you. It's my pleasure. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times and recorded in the semi-comfort of our own homes. Our theme music was composed by Patrick Christians, and the show is edited by Natalie Yar. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to send your quarantine cooking club adventures to lchristians at madison.com. Lindsay and I can both be found on Twitter and Instagram, so obviously feel free to track us down there. You can also like our podcast page on Facebook, and be sure to check out captimes.com for more local food and drink news, as well as the continuing coverage of the coronavirus. I am Cap Times writer and editor, Lindsay Christians. And I'm Cap Times avid reader, Chris Lay. Our wish for you this week is a bottle of something good from Giant Jones Brewing Company, who is not a sponsor, but makes delicious beers at reasonable prices that have helpfully high ABV. Cheers! Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.